Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Bookmore Show. It's Stuart here with Betsy. Betsy Vaughan, how's it going? Very good. Happy day to you. <laughs> happy day. Happy day. It's, um, yeah, it's uh, happy almost the middle of April already. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's going disturbingly fast. Um, the whole so, year. Somebody posted know. on social media like how many days it was till Christmas the other day. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that is... Just, Oh, that just makes me hurt. Think of that's what the uh, that's what the unfriend button's for, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm gonna try that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so with the year disappearing, let's talk about some more book ideas before it's uh, at Christmas, and so we can do another uh, <laughs> another end of year catch up. Today, I wanted to talk about something that cropped up from some feedback from last week's show. So in the middle of, um, I think we were using a couple of examples, maybe it was Chris Hill, or um, mm-hmm. I think it was probably Chris Hill that we were talking about. We were talking about like this syndication type of book called the, um, I, I'll often talk about the kind of complementary non-competing businesses as a, as a philosophy of a, kind of like a group of people where there's some leverage to be had and kind of that that synergy of everyone coming together for a greater good so these complementary non-competing businesses are those groups of people or audiences or um or niches whatever, however you want to describe them but those groups of people that are close enough that you can help there's a big crossover with what you do but they're not competing so it's not like there's a uh, there's not a problem with trying to engage with those guys or talking to those guys there's no it's it's a win-win situation rather than kind of like a, a zero sum where someone might have to lose out in order for you to have a have a conversation to go somewhere so that i think is a is a something to dive into a little bit more because no matter what business you're in i think there's a great opportunity to think about not only a book for your own benefit but how that bigger group can can get some traction and and um improve the overall picture by thinking about these um syndication opportunities or the the working with complementary non-competing businesses yeah i think that's a great yeah i think it's a great idea um and hopefully we can come up with some some ideas that might help people who haven't even thought of some, you know, non-competing businesses. Um, so maybe we'll throw a few ideas out there today. Yeah, that sounds good. I think it's definitely a case that everyone, no matter what business type you're in, there's always that group. There's just the yeah. next circle out, the next, the next level out of people that you might not even think about. It's, um, it's, it's easy for organizations like, um, like realtors, I guess, is one that springs to mind. It's very easy who you're often working with. It would be like appraisers and mortgage brokers and um, and house stages and photographers, all of those types of people immediately spring to mind because you've got such a, a regular relationship with them. And that, as you're listening to this and, you, and you're thinking about the syndication type opportunity, the complementary non-competing type opportunity, then that's definitely the place to start, the obvious low-hanging fruit. But organizations that, or companies that uh, may be slightly more obscure, so we've used the example of florists before and venue locations, but dress locations and mm-hmm. suit hire companies, whatever occasion people would need florists for, what are the other businesses that are also used for that same event? So event planners, I guess, falls into a slightly more obvious category, but people like um, um, meal planning, um, not like the home delivery services, but um, but companies that 
deal with speciality menus or um, wine for speciality events. Mm-hmm. Not that they're necessarily thinking about events that would have flowers, but a subset of their customers are going to be doing events that do have flowers. So if those groups of people also have special dietary requirements or they're trying to make a special impression, uh, a bigger impression with wine, so they're dealing with uh, wine merchants or sommeliers, that group of people that aren't necessarily involved 100% all the time, but there is some kind of crossover. Um, it's always interesting when trying to think of examples off the fly, uh, on the fly, um, because it's uh, immediately you kind of just start thinking about the same ones that, that always spring up. Um, one of the things that I do quite often is look at the gallery of, of books that we've worked with in the past. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that has... Um, we get this feedback quite a lot as well. People look at that for inspiration. So if it's if you haven't visited it, then definitely head over to niceminutebooks.com forward slash gallery. And there's a, there's a list of, of some of the 500 or so that we've worked in there. And that range of businesses, I think oftentimes people will mention it in terms of looking for inspiration for their own book, their own kind of first layer, first circle book. But in the context of this conversation, when we're talking about complementary non-competing businesses, I think this is a great resource to look through for businesses that you wouldn't necessarily think about. So we've got financial planning books in there talking about retirements. So realtors thinking about um, thinking about this second level group, then retirees relocating to a different area, going into retirement communities, active adult communities, working with financial planners might be that one level removed from people that you usually work with go into the slightly more obscure examples and and again don't get too hung up on the specifics but mm-hmm. just kind of throwing ideas out there to to get you thinking about what it could be for yourself but we've got the unleashing greatness book the choosing the hockey club the number of people that they work with who would also be looking to relocate is is probably small. But nationwide, the number or countywide, um, statewide, it's county, <laughs> my <laughs> accent give me away again. Um, <laughs> statewide, there might be a lot of hockey clubs that deal with people relocating. So as a realtor, working with people, working with the person that sets up the runs that organization although it might not be the most um first circle if you like book might not be the most obvious when you're looking at marketing to the next group out or you've already set up the initial campaign so you're looking at approaching reaching an audience that you haven't previously reached it might be a big enough niche to make it worthwhile particularly i think if the if the practicalities of setting up a campaign that has the book as the main kind of the main the main cookie the main lead generation piece is the book but the the campaigns around it will vary then having a number of these little slightly more random ones slightly more speciality slightly slightly more niche based it's a it's a really great way of leveraging the thing the asset that you've already built makes sense so far yeah so far makes sense I found myself in, honestly, I was looking at different covers as we were talking. So, I got into them and I was thinking, oh, like, you know, there's some great examples on here. You kind of, 
not that we forget about the book, but, you know, we'd never forget about the client, but we sometimes maybe forget about the book, but looking at some of these, you know, like the engagement ring shopping, you know, there's that's a, that one sort of goes back to the florist and the caterer and the venue and, you know, all the people that you could work with, you know, around, um, around that subject, you know, um, so many, so many different people. Um, and those real ones, estate, I think, yeah, I think real estate, because of the background that we've Easy. got in some of the other, yeah. Yeah, it's such a common, the majority of people have dealt with real estate in one way or another, either buying or renting. Um, it's We've got such a, a crossover or commonality with it with some of the other business, um, mm-hmm. some of the other um, sides of the organizations that we run specifically with the realtors, that it's always the one that springs to mind. Right. The, um, the engagement shopping ring book is a great example as well. So when we think about what, um, when we think about complementary non-competing businesses for that, that was a book specifically set up for the, the jewelry purchase of it. Mm-hmm. But taking the taking the step back and thinking, okay, someone who's in that position, what else might they be looking for at the same time in the conversation before they actually get engaged? Then it might be things like. Um, clubs or activities or uh, specific locations in mm-hmm. the area that young couples will will frequent. It might be things like um, financial planners who are dealing with the um, the um, the life planning conversations that these guys are likely to be having at some point. You can imagine. I mean, sticking with financial planners as an example, I guess then for people who are selling jewelry uh selling engagement rings specifically i mean that's not a minor investment so to be able to write something which talks about how to make the best decisions the best financial decisions around engagement ring shopping so not the romantic side of it but the practical side of it positioning that as a joint venture piece or as a um as a promoted piece with a financial planner in the, in the area, then again, it's not going to be the biggest campaign, but it's going to have a small amount of traction. And again, five, six, seven of these small campaigns, that's going to give yeah. a, a pretty big boost to how effective um, the return on investment you're getting from the the time and money that you've put into creating the book, because you're giving it more opportunities to become a, a friendly referral tool, a warm referral tool. And you, know, you think you said, you know, sometimes people think, oh, if I work with, I work with that person, are they really going to, really going to benefit me? Is it really going to, um, am, am I going to see that return on my investment? But you, I think you can't, you can view it in small scale versus, you know, not everything has to be this huge return or, you right. know, tons of business because sometimes it only takes one or two, you know, to, to get that, you know, return on your investment, or you just never know where those two are going to lead. I mean, there's that whole, it's, it, it trickles down, you know? Um, yeah. So sometimes I think people are afraid to do that because eh, it's not worth the effort or whatever, but, you know, depending on, on where you, where you are, or what your needs are financially, you know, that it, it may make sense that, you know, just that one person could change everything. And I think particularly as you're talking about not 
not we're not talking about creating a whole new book just for that mm -hmm. very small audience, no. which might be a long return. We're talking about using the existing book and either tweaking it so it is a little bit more tailored, or packing it, packaging it with some other things that make it that bit more tailored. So have the one copy of the book, but send it with a cover letter, or have right. the one copy of the book and send it with a separate. Um, here's what to do next step a more tailored step or if it's worthwhile then do do things like add a forward or change the cover or mm -hmm. insert a chapter or change the call to action all to make it that little bit more dialed in but we're not talking so we've about had some people yeah we've had people want to do that similar something similar i think you know but they want to do it for multiple groups like um and i think it was around the real estate market and they wanted to sort of almost um okay, well, you own this real estate company, so I'm going to give you the first page, you know, kind of thing. But they were going to do it for multiple different companies, you know, and tailor it directly for your specific company, put you in there, you know, a little bio, how to contact you kind of thing. Um, I cannot remember. I don't think that, I don't think they ever so did that because similar. it came down to being like a lot of work. <laughs> you know, I think they got a little scared about it. Well, and I guess it, it, that one, I remember the one you're talking about, and they were mm -hmm. thinking about the book as the product. I think they were looking at it as a revenue opportunity for the book yes. itself. And it wasn't necessarily their, well, it wasn't their primary business. It was something that they created already, and they were looking at it as an additional revenue stream. And the overheads there, it just didn't ever make it to the top of the, the list of things to do. But I think mm -hmm. that is because their positioning in that example they were positioning themselves more as as us that's that's what we do we've got a number of white label type projects like that where we specifically offer books to people with minimal tailoring it's almost like an off-the-shelf version or off-the-rack version of of a 90-minute book but we're doing that because we've got leverage and scale because we are the publishers so it's it's easy for us to do all of the overhead and the hassle that the the person was talking about that's what we do day to day so it's it's, it's easier for us to mm -hmm. it's not something different for us to do a better way of thinking about that example is for let's again okay stick with a real estate example if you own a real estate office if you're a broker and you've got several sales associates working underneath you having a tailored version for of the same book for each of the sales associates is going to give you more leverage more bang for the book the the, the customer the seller or buyer who's receiving the book is going to be more engaged with the sales associate <laughs> weird way of pronouncing it is <laughs> going to be more engaged with the sales associate if the book has their name and their picture on the front of it mm -hmm. as opposed to if it was the broker's name and um because it's one level removed particularly if right, the right. customer's never dealing with the broker it's just their name on the on the on the on the book and on the forms so that level of of detailing it in and going through the extra jumping through the extra hurdles of having separate um separate versions of the book is almost certainly worthwhile because you've got a clear path to the market there's a clear return clear and immediate return on it if it was the example of um okay well let's we're on a realtor track today so let's do <laughs> so uh if it was a case where the realtor wanted to share a book with the um let's say with a photographer or with a um into a school um into the local school area like the pta type organizations mm -hmm. they wanted to share a book of um if you're moving into the area you're dealing with they're dealing with parents moving into the area they want to to 
um, to provide something of value to those people. Now, working with the 10 schools in an area, it may or may not be worth, it probably isn't worth to begin with, having 10 tailored versions of the book that was the ABC school um, guide to relocating and the XYZ school book to relocating. It's probably not worth doing that in the mean, in the first instance because you don't know how much traction it's going to get. You've written the book that is the guide to relocating and you're just now testing different markets that might get some traction. And this whole idea of, of passing it to PTAs might be a non-starter because you might only get one conversion out of it just because the market's too small. The, the turnover or the accessibility of the PTA to people who are relocating isn't high enough. Um, that same model, if it was going into like a university area and it was talking about how to buy an investment property for your kids um, when the kids are going to to college, that might be one more worthwhile because the turnover, the volume is way more. So it might be worth the investment of having the XYZ college guide to buying an investment policy uh, property and an ABC school guide to buying an investment property mm. because just the numbers the hypothesis as you're going in it it seems like it's it's going to be a better return now that's not to say that it's not worth doing the pta version at all because particularly on things like real estate transactions or buying uh, jewelry sales these high ticket items it only takes one or two to convert to make the whole thing worthwhile absolutely tens of thousands to get the, the project set up in the first place so testing the market first doing the, the minimum viable option to, to test it and then see which ones kind of get some traction and then flare up and then tailor it after that that's a much better way of doing it rather than just assuming that this idea is the best idea ever and putting a lot of time and effort and cost into getting it set up because not only is it then a lot of the return on investment might be longer or lower, but also just the opportunity cost. If you're spending mm -hmm. six weeks setting up a project into one small area, then that's as opposed to just one week of, of it not being so tailored, but getting into six different areas, then the last is a much better way of doing it because you don't know which one you can make an assumption, but you don't know which one's going to get traction before it's actually out there in the real world. Yes, there you go. This idea of um, this idea of testing little things, mm -hmm. I think that's we don't typically see, and I guess we don't talk about it either with people, because we we to a certain degree we lose contact with people a bit after that first stage after the book's set up. We're not as closely we'll follow up with people, but it's not as close as obviously we're working with them to get the book done in the first place. So everyone's idea when they first create it is that first circle of how they want to use the book they want to use it for themselves they want to use it in a particular referral campaign or for a lead generation campaign but then after that at that point we've kind of lost track or lost that initial uh, that um, mm -hmm. direct contact but once you've got the book created putting it out into a lot of different areas and even if it's just putting the, the one version of the book out there but having a cover letter to mm -hmm. with the complementary non-competing business that positions it in a way that adds value for everyone so not going through the expense of recreating something or tailoring something but just additionally adding something so for um for that idea 
So if it was, let's stick with the PTA example, mm -hmm. location guide. And I think I'm intentionally thinking about sticking it about with that one because it's it's not a huge idea. It's a very small idea. It's maybe mm -hmm. not even the most successful idea. It quite possibly wouldn't go anywhere. But I want to stick with that just for a moment to demonstrate a quick and easy way to test the hypothesis. So the the theory that we're putting out there is that the school is attracting parents moving into the area, even if that volume is low, and those parents don't necessarily have any connection with the area. They're moving for work or they're relocating. They don't necessarily have a lot of connections in order to know where the best places to buy are or what the local market conditions are or what's changed or where the new areas are they'll be asking people and trying to get information but they won't necessarily have they don't have a big network in place so as a realtor in that area having a book that talks about moving into the area which you almost certainly should have anyway because right. there's multiple reasons for multiple ways that you could use that but with the pta then writing it with a cover letter explaining saying hey this is a stressful time moving into the area you don't have connections um we wanted to write this guide with the pta we kind of sat down and asked them what the what the challenges are for parents moving into the area and we've put together this guide that highlights the all the things that you need to know when moving into into this area the only additional thing that you then need to create is the cover letter to go with it and don't expect the pta to write the cover letter for you because why would they i mean they might but why would they like orchestrate it yourself and equally don't necessarily think that they would think about all of the the campaign level stuff for you like this the setup they may or may not remember to give this out but if you can create the the things for them, create the cover letter that goes with it, create the, oh, if someone phones back and wants to get in touch with me, here's how you get in touch with me. Um, if someone phones back and asks this question or that question, which I'm expecting because I've been in business for a long time and I know that this is typically the questions that get asked, then here are some answers. Um, setting up as much as you can, it turns into this win-win because it gives you the opportunity to get something in front of some an audience that you wouldn't necessarily have access to. And it gives the PTA a win because it demonstrates that they're doing more. They're going above and beyond. They've got additional assets rather than just a standard welcome letter on a badly formatted email. Right, which right. Is, is probably standard for, for far too many places. Right. So that that as an example, like I say, whether or not that is a good example or not, I don't really care. It's not the, right. the, the point is that we're trying to think about ways of going out to that second, third, fourth circle out. It's it's a group of people that aren't necessarily the most um, immediately springing to mind campaigns, but we've already got this book created. We're already getting traction in the other campaigns that we've done first because they're the better value ones. Now we're looking to get that the wins from that long tail, as it's sometimes referred to as the the lots of little things that are very small and doing it in such a way that it's quick and easy to do. And then we only need to spend additional attention once it's it's got a lot of traction. So with that example, the thing like 12 months down the track, you might realize that, wow, I actually got four transactions from that because of the 10 people that moved into the area. Four of them were brand new and this was the best information that they've seen. So although four is in absolute terms a pretty small number, that still might represent 40 grand's worth of business and therefore it's worth spending 
two grand on making a tailored version of the book. So keep the bulk of the book that you've done, but then just add a beginning and an ending chapter that specifically highlights the things that were important to that group. I think that's a great example. I think I do think the PTA example was great, but I also think just like you said, tailoring that end and beginning, you don't, it, it's very little work, you know, to, for what you hope to be a, um, a great return, you know, on yeah. that investment. Yeah. And, that, and that's a good point. I mean, I was used, trying to use the example there of the, the absolute minimum amount of work that you could do, which would just be a cover mm-hmm. letter to go along with it. But really, yeah for the amount of additional work that it takes to add an intro an extra intro chapter and change the outro uh, the the what to do next then in almost every circumstance it's worth going the extra steps if you if you think a market is worthwhile doing then that is probably the bare minimum adding a little bit to position it as a as a, as a tailored intro and outro because if nothing else we also know from people's reading habits that the everyone sees the cover they flip to the back cover because people pick something up and turn it over in the hand. So they see the what next steps and then they'll start at the beginning and, and flip a couple of pages. But the read rates tail off pretty dramatically and pretty quickly as you get through the book. So having that tailored introduction and you can even do things like having the introduction co-written with the person that's given the book out. So uh, yeah. the chair of the PTA co-write it with that person don't actually expect them to write anything but just put their name on it as well obviously you need to check that they're happy with that to be the case um stick their picture on the back or the front even of the book so that here's the guide to relocating to this area brought to you by abc Mm -hmm. uh, pta and because that then gives the other organization more skin in the game or more it's kind of like a tweaking the or um i can't think of a i was gonna say tickling the vanity something but i can't think what the something was it started to sound a bit creepy um, but yeah. it's kind of it's kind of playing on the 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 vanity um thing as well and that that makes people more likely to oh yeah out and share it because also you think that they're they're benefiting from something that they haven't thought to do themselves so they haven't thought to write a book themselves they might have the assumption or the um the expectation that this is a huge project that they could never achieve themselves mm-hmm. so by you offering to include them to a certain degree in the project it's given them an asset of their own that they wouldn't have had otherwise and they then might be able to use it broader and wider and in ways that you never thought of using it it kind of increases that engagement from them as a willing and able and enthusiastic partner in this project um you're giving them the the say credibility maybe or um additional assets that the the things the the way of adding more value to their customers knowing that you're getting some of that radiated goodwill the call to action the next step the easy way to to learn more comes back in your direction but you've started that journey by um, by emphasizing a benefit for them which is going to make them more likely to get out there in the first place which then in that kind of funnel type approach means that more people are going to pop out at the bottom of the funnel and end up ringing your phone rather than rather than not and all of these projects, like we said, all little projects, 
you can imagine like all of the funnels lined up in front of you or drawn out on the wall and you've got a couple of very big ones which are the main funnels that you thought about when writing the book in the first place but in between all of those big funnels there are small little funnels that are also just dripping leads down to the bottom of the to your phone at the bottom um and then obviously the aim is for that to turn into business and, and you've been able to help more people that's great. That's some great stuff. I mean, there's some great ideas there, you know, just like you said, simple, really not, not, not a big, not a big investment, not a lot of time, um, but great potential, you know, to pull some business your way. And I think that's the thing. It's this, everyone comes thinking about the, the top five projects that the a book would achieve. Everyone's, that's a starting point point everyone is thinking about that already but once it's created this long tail anyone that's ever done any kind of seo type analysis website analysis stuff um, um perhaps less effective now but but certainly a few years ago there was very much the case that some of the big high level keywords that people are searching for are the big rocks that are obvious to everyone but actually if you looked at the volume of traffic over a period of time then the long tail of the tiny little searches which you'd never actively targets or never think to necessarily actively target but over time that long tail just builds and builds and builds and in certain circumstances can kind of outshine or provide more more business than than the things that you initially started off thinking would be successful um not to say that they're not it's just there's a lot of volume in the small small right yeah i think that's what i was saying earlier people don't they tend to think on the big scale only and um like you said, this long tail eventually will will pay off, you know. Um, yeah. And I think it's definitely do those first. So the big ones are definitely the ones to do first. Yeah. This is definitely a stage two type. Uh, right, right. Type marketing campaign. Um, the the key thing, I think, is be thinking about it as, as you're looking for opportunities of who to work with is really where value can be added. And it's it's a difficult sell for someone to go into a completely random organization and say, hey, I want you to give your customers my copy of the book, which talks about me and how great I am and how I know the answers to everything, <laughs> which kind of loops back to what we've had conversations in the past and, and the kind of value-driven content of the book. And it should be let, completely about them and answering their question and not really mm-hmm. about you at all. Because... Once that type of book is written, the one that does give value, it does answer the one question as deeply and comprehensively as possible, always knowing that there are other issues that you can then go on to answer. But this one asset, this one book, is the most valuable piece of information on that subject. That is then a lot easier to approach other organizations and start talking to them about how this book might be valuable to their customers and what's the best way of working together to to get it into their hands um, that's a difficult sell if the book has just got your face plastered all over the front of it and uh, and the book's called Look at Me, I'm Great, I Can Help right. You. Right. <laughs> right. These, um, like I say, the, the, the thought for this conversation came up from a couple of questions from mm-hmm. last week's show. Um, we actually did another show back last year sometime. I think it's episode 61 that was, yeah, 61 that was called Working With Others. So there were a couple of other examples there of where we're going into into some of these details as well. But I would challenge any anyone 
to think about who that kind of second, third level organization is, whether there's some commonality in a small area of their business with another group of people and and how the subject of your book can help that group because either they're moving into an area, they're looking at buying something they haven't done before, they're looking at moving into a different phase of life that they might not have come across before, they might be having an event uh, kind of like an external event happened to them, either illness or change of job or um, or a lottery win or um, mm-hmm. the kids getting older and moving on through that phase of life. All of these organizations that are also in that space, that's where this opportunity lies, I think. Um, I was talking to... Um, uh, who was I talking to a couple of weeks ago? Where we were looking mm-hmm. at the... Um, um, they've done a lot of work in the disruption space and looking at the opportunities for this is kind of like at the big business scale, but their whole premise was looking for opportunities that lay between the cracks of existing big organizations. And this is like a multi-billion dollar worth of, of consulting type work that they were doing on very big projects, but they were specifically looking for those gaps in between the the process of the industries that they worked in, looking for the gaps where it didn't quite gel or didn't quite make a perfect match with the next stage. And then there's this kind of intermediate opportunity to to sit between the, the two the two big blocks. And again, this is this is where this lies as well. It's not the big first level project. It's the it's the little things where the majority of the information is useful, the majority of the relationship is useful, and then it's starting the conversations with those those slightly broader groups. Okay. Good stuff. My voice is croaking again. Things things for people to think about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think a couple of the... um, if this is kind of resonating, but maybe not quite, um, not quite think about who those groups are, then a couple of resources that we mentioned already. Um, check out that episode 61 on the on the website. That's 90minutebooks.com forward slash podcast. I'll link to it in the show notes as well. And we talk about this a little bit more there. But also do some things like your industry and keywords that are used within your industry. You can even start just putting those into Google and the autocomplete that comes up, just see what else is in the autocompletes because that is what other people are searching for that is similarly related. So that might be some inspiration for um, for which other industries or which other questions or which other areas people are also interested who have searched for what uh, specifically what you do. All right. Wow. Okay. So... That's uh, let's draw a line under it for now. Um, uh-huh. If you've, um, as a listener to this, if you've got any questions or want to dive a little bit deep onto any of those, um, any of those examples that we used, it's um, it's obviously a little bit difficult sometimes to come up with the best examples that are bulletproof. But I think hopefully that really wasn't the point of this one. This one was way more about a slightly looser connection to a group of people that you can find. So now you need to go in and and find drill down a little bit on what that looser connection is and, and see what comes up with but by all means shoot us a question to um, support in 90 minute books and then we can answer any of those otherwise i'll put some links in the show notes uh this one's going to be episode 70 i think we're on to 77 this is going to be episode yeah. 77 so check it out and let's see as always thanks for awesome time. thank you my pleasure
Okay, let's speak soon. Bye.